You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the podcast. I hope you all are doing well. A lot to get to ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. Looking ahead to tonight's contest between BYU basketball and the Portland Pilots. Should be a relatively easy win for BYU, but we'll preview that nonetheless. We'll also catch up on some news and notes around the BYU football program. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about BYU's defensive line. I guess we'll call it part one of our debriefing of BYU's defensive line. We may not get to all of it today, but we'll start off on that track. And we'll catch up on some of the other news and notes involving other BYU athletic programs. BYU baseball and women's soccer announcing their spring schedules. Women's soccer having players named to the all preseason WCC team. So a lot to get to ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you today in part by our good friends over at betonline.ag as well as Rock Auto. We'll tell you about both of those companies a little later on. All right, there you go. The roadmap, the rundown of what you're going through today on the podcast. Without further ado, let's get into it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 21st, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to download your daily podcast focused on BYU with the Locked On Cougars podcast. A lot to get to ahead on today's show, but a reminder for you guys, if you haven't done so already, leave us a rating and review. We love hearing from you guys, your insights on what you like about the podcast, what you'd like to see improved all that fun stuff. So please do so uh, either via the podcast provider you're listening in on, Apple Podcasts and the like, or feel free to email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Love hearing from you guys, getting your insights, and having you guys be a part of this show. All right, getting going on today's podcast. Let's start off on the hardwoods with BYU basketball. They are in action tonight, taking on the Portland Pilots at the Marriott Center. And this game, a rare CBS Sports Network home game for BYU. Usually it's either an ESPN affiliate or it's a BYU TV game. But tonight, CBS Sports Network has the coverage of this game. It'll also be on BYU Radio, obviously. Tip-off set for 7 o'clock from there in Provo. And... To be honest with you folks, previewing this game almost feels like, I don't know, a, a chore because do you know what the, the record for the Portland Pilots coming into this game is in their last 45 conference games? Any ideas? And some of you may have read this and you're probably screaming it out right now. It is 1-44 and 44 in their last 45 conference games for the Pilots. They are currently in 10th place in the West Coast Conference. They're 0-4 in conference play. They come into Provo having lost their last five games, uh, six of their last seven. And this should be a game that I think BYU should just be able to go out and absolutely obliterate the Portland Pilots, and then get to the 12-3 and mark on the season. Players to note from Portland in this game, their leading scorer is Ahmed Ali, uh, averaging 17.8 points per game. So he's a prolific scorer, also adding three rebounds and three assists on average per game, shooting 31.8% from three, so not a great three-point shooter. But their second leading scorer, Eddie Davis, he averages 12.1 points per game, 5.2 rebounds, but he's shooting 52.4% from beyond the arc on more limited uh, 
situations, more limited attempts from beyond the arc. But nonetheless, those are probably the two players you'll want to know about from Portland. Their third leading scorer is Latrell Jones at 9.6 points per game, 4.9 rebounds. But this is a game, folks, where I think BYU goes out and starts off a run here where they could rack up a bunch of wins in a row. And that's the good news for BYU. Additionally, the other good news for BYU, well, last time BYU played at home was December 21st. Well, today is January 21st. It has been an entire month officially since BYU last played on their home court. Been a long time coming and looking forward to seeing the Cougars back in the friendly confines of the Marriott Center. I can guarantee you that they are excited about it. And Mark Pope on the BYU TV Coach Pope show, or is it Mark Pope show? Uh, Mark Pope Coach's show. I don't remember what the name of it is. It's probably bad on my part, but he uh, sounded very excited to be playing back at home with his guys. And it, it just looks like right now BYU has a very good opportunity to rattle off a bunch of wins in a row. Uh, Portland just comes in here. They're winless in WCC play like we talked about. And this should just start you off on a run for BYU where you should be able to go out and potentially run up maybe double-digit wins in a row if everything goes according to plan. The Ken Palm ratings out there have BYU favored in each of their next 10 games. Uh, the and that, What that means is it doesn't mean that Ken Palm is predicting BYU to go 10-0 in their next 10 games, but they are favored in all 10 of them, and his predictive metrics predict at least an 8-2 and record for BYU over their next 10 games. So, you have Portland tonight, you have Pepperdine on Saturday, you're at Pepperdine next week, home to San Francisco, at USD, at Portland, versus St. Mary's, versus San Diego, at Pacific, at LMU, versus Santa Clara. Those next 10 games, until you run into number 1 Gonzaga at the end of the regular season, I'm telling you what, folks, I talked about this earlier on the podcast this week. It might have been late last week. The Cougars could be 20-plus wins with just three losses come that final game against Gonzaga. And at that point, if BYU's not ranked, I'd be a little surprised. I think that there are a bunch of good teams in this state. Utah State has rattled off 12 wins in a row on their own. BYU currently on a streak of uh, two in a row after that loss to Gonzaga. They have won six of their last seven. So the Cougars are in a good spot right now. I am really bullish on Mark Pope and his squad. I believe this is an NCAA tournament caliber team. There's no doubt that Gonzaga is making the NCAA tournament. There's no doubt about that at all. I'd be very surprised if they drop a game in the regular season this year. But I do think that their dominance opens up a slot for BYU to take another opportunity to get into the NCAA tournament. So the West Coast Conference, maybe at best this year, is a two-bid conference, especially considering you look at some of the other programs out there in the West Coast Conference have not been that great. I know Santa Clara sits at 8-3, and three, Pacific at 5-1, and one, Loyola Marymount 7-4, and four, USF 9-7, St. Mary's 9-5. and five. None of them have been dominant. BYU has been dominant. So it appears that BYU currently, as everything stands, is on track to make the NCAA tournament. Joe Lunardi, the most respected bracketologist out there, created the whole term bracketology with his ability to forecast the NCAA tournament field, has BYU inside the tournament bubble, no longer on that first four in bubble. He's actually got them firmly inside the field as of yesterday's update. Those change day by day as he continues to project them. But if you're BYU, all you have to do right now, if you're the basketball program, is go out and take care of business. Win the games put in front of you, starting off tonight against Portland, Pepperdine on Saturday. You just start 
ticking these off as you go along, you rattle off a bunch of wins in a row, and you're going to start gaining national notoriety with the national pollsters, and it's just going to be a fun run here. BYU fans are going to be very excited about this team, and I don't expect them at the end of the regular season to upset Gonzaga. It'd be fun to see it, but I don't expect it. But the good news is, is BYU could have 20-plus wins against just three or maybe four losses at the very most come the end of the regular season. And at that point, I would firmly believe BYU's in play for a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament. So get going tonight, take care of Portland, dispatch them, and then move on from there and just continue to, like I said, tick those off your list if you're the BYU basketball program. Just get those check marks, add those dubs, add those Ws, and see your resume profile continue to rise as the season progresses. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll talk some BYU football news and notes, a couple of things we need to touch on on that front, especially along the BYU defensive line. We've been doing these BYU debriefings. The defensive line is kind of like the offense of line that we talked about earlier this week. It's a very expansive uh, topic, but I want to talk about one particular player who announced he is returning from injury this coming fall, and I'll kind of kick off our debriefing of the BYU defensive line, and we'll touch on that next. We may not get to the entire conversation of the BYU defensive line, but we'll continue that conversation tomorrow if need be. So coming up here in just a moment, we'll talk about Atunai Samahe, his return to the lineup for BYU and what it does, especially at that nose tackle position for the Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Rock Auto, folks. We've talked a lot about this company over the past year or so, but if you need any type of part for your car, no matter what it might be, a new rearview mirror, you need to have the upholstery in your car up updated. No matter what it is, rockauto.com has all the options and all of the various manufacturers that are available for your vehicle at rock bottom prices. Check them out by going to rockauto.com. You can search by your model, your name of your car, uh, the year, all that stuff. You search by price. You can search by manufacturer. You can find the specific part that is meant for you. And the best part about it all, it's shipped directly to your door. Why pay 30, 50, maybe even a hundred percent markup on apart from a chain store or a dealership when you can get it at rockauto.com. And like I said, folks, have it shipped directly to your door. It's a great resource for anybody who's trying to keep their car in running order, whether it's a car, a truck, or SUV, a joyrider, whatever you got, guys, they've got the answer for you. So go to rockauto.com, and while you're there, make sure to fill in the How Did You Hear About Us box with Locked On, so that way they know that we sent you from right here on Locked On Cougars. Amazing selection, reliably low pricing, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV could ever need. That's rockauto.com. It is time once again for another 2020 BYU football debriefing. And it may sound a little weird to those of you who may be new to the podcast or listening to this for the first time in a little while, but a little bit of a background. We've been doing this for the past two weeks, roughly, where we've been looking back at 2020 for each position group in the BYU football program. Previously, we've talked about BYU's quarterbacks, uh, the defensive backfield with the cornerbacks group, specialists, kicker, punter, and the like, as well as the BYU offensive line. Today, we're going to begin a look at BYU's defensive line, and the reason why is because of some good news that came out via social media yesterday, and that is that sophomore defensive tackle, or nose tackle, Atunai Samahe, announced yesterday on social media, on Instagram, that he is planning on returning this fall and reprising his role along the defensive line for BYU. Mahe uh, was out the entirety of the 2020 season, as he revealed it was due to injury. I remember last summer, uh, in the lead-up to 
to fall camp. There was an Instagram post of him in a hospital bed in a hospital gown, but I was never able to get many more details on what the situation was going on with Atunaisa Mahe. Well, now we know it was due to injury that he sat out the 2020 season, but his return to BYU's defensive line is very welcome news, especially considering the departures along BYU's defensive line. We talked about BYU's offensive line earlier this week on Monday and Tuesday's edition of the podcast, and we talked about the departures leaving things thin along BYU's offensive line. I know that the departures along BYU's defensive line are going to make people think, okay, there's a pretty thin unit here, but I'm actually more bullish on BYU's defensive line and their depth than I am BYU's offensive line. And let me explain why. Losing guys like Kyrus Tonga, Brackenell Bakery, and Zach Daw, those are the three main seniors who have been reprising their roles for BYU for seemingly forever along that defensive line. Well, they are moving on with their careers, chasing NFL dreams, especially in the case of Kyrus Tonga, likely to probably be a day three pick in the NFL if everything goes according to to plan, but they leave some pretty big holes along BYU's defensive line. But I do like the guys that BYU has currently in the lineup. And let's talk specifically about defensive tackle here as it relates to your not Uriah Leatawa, Atunaisa Mahe. We'll talk about Uriah Leatawa here in a little while. But as Kairos Tonga moves on with his career going to the pro ranks, he leaves a sizable hole along that nose tackle position for BYU. The good news is there are two ready-made replacements, I feel like, who can tag team and replace the production that he had for BYU on that defensive line. One of them is Mahe. I am extremely high on Atunaisa Mahe. He's listed at 6'1", 302 pounds. I think that his numbers are fudged a little bit uh, on his height in particular. He's probably 5'11", if I'm being honest, but he is an absolute stud. He, he uses that leverage, his natural uh, lack of height to his advantage when he's playing along that defensive line. You saw it when he played in 2019, especially against the likes of Tennessee with their big and dominant offensive lines. Well, Mahe held his own in there, and if he's back fully healthy for BYU in 2021 this fall, he is going to be an absolute force for BYU. Additionally, I really liked what I saw this past season from Caden Hawes. Six foot two, 315 pound uh, converted offensive lineman redshirt freshman he showed that he has all the ability to be a dominant run stopper at that nose tackle position he's got the natural leverage like I talked about with Alden Tofa and more than held his own when he was in there in relief of guys like uh, Kairos Tonga so I think that the nose tackle position for BYU in particular should be quite strong going into the 2021 season this coming fall if you have Atunai Samahe as well as Caden Hawes as your 1-2 tandem there along that defensive line at nose tackle. I'm actually pretty bullish on that position. Additionally, the return of Lorenzo Fawatea at the defensive tackle position was kind of plays that off tackle three technique. Uh, for those of the uninitiated, three technique means from the center on the offensive line as a defensive lineman, you count the center is zero and then you count out from there. So uh, number one is the inside gap between the center and the guard. Two is head up on the guard. Three is the gap between uh, the, the guard and the tackle. 
for most people. And that's kind of where you see Lorenzo Fawatea when he's playing. He had his season ended early due to injury. His return to BYU's defensive line makes that defensive tackle position much more solid. Additionally, behind him, you have got guys like Saleti Fevoliaki. He showed a pass rush ability that I don't think we've seen from BYU's interior defensive lineman in quite some time. They listed him at six foot three, two 270 pounds as a freshman this past season. I would believe he's only going to gain weight and continue to progress as his career rolls along here as a redshirt freshman, and he should be expected to really take on a bigger role, especially at a defensive tackle position. Other guys to keep an eye on include Earl Tuioti Mariner, who showed some flashes of ability during the 2020 season. I'm very high on a return missionary who spent this past season redshirting and Andrew Slack, a former Springville Red Devil from Springville High School, just south of BYU. He's listed at six foot five, 300 pounds. If he plays to his ability, I think he could be another guy who adds some solid depth along that defensive line. And then the final guy on the interior of BYU's defensive line that I want to discuss today is a guy who needs to have a scholarship assigned to him yesterday. It's Gabe Summers, six foot two, 275-pound defensive lineman from Westlake High School out where I live in Saratoga Springs. Gabe Summers showed that, hey, you know what? I'm a walk-on, but I can play with the best of these guys. I love what Gabe Summers brings to the table here. His versatility as a run stopper and a pass rusher is something that BYU needs to take advantage of. So, We'll talk more about BYU's defensive end unit tomorrow. We'll do a two-parter on this. I'm running out of time on today's podcast to really pack it all in with the defensive line. But I'm telling you what, folks, just in terms of looking at the depth chart that I have sketched out for BYU's defensive line at nose tackle and defensive tackle, I see them being three deep at both spots, and I'm actually more comfortable with that depth on the interior of BYU's defensive line, and if I'm being frank about the uh, defensive end positions as well, than I am about BYU's offensive line. I think there are legitimate concerns for BYU's offensive line that it may only go two deep this year, where it was as deep as three deep just as recently as this past season. The defensive line for BYU, despite losing their headliners, obviously losing Kyrus Tonga, Zach Daw, uh, Bracken Elbakri, uh, Jetty Tuiloma as well as another guy moving on from this unit. Well, you, losing those guys, it hurts, obviously. They, they've been the star players. They've been the stalwarts there for BYU's defensive line the majority of the past two and possibly three seasons in some cases. But the guys behind them who have been developing, kind of biding their time, I am extremely high on. So the way I see it at nose tackle for BYU going into this fall is I would list Caden Hawes as your starter. He'll have to be unseated considering he was the main backup this past season with Atunai Samahe probably with that or next to uh, Caden Hawes' name. Uh, their backup behind them, I would guess, is probably Andrew Slack. There's another guy in JT Gentry. If he decides to continue to play football, another converted offensive lineman, he could factor in at the nose tackle position. Then at defensive tackle, if he's healthy and he's full go, it's Lorenzo Fawatea's name atop that depth chart. Behind him, you probably list Saletti Fevoliaki and Gabe Summers, but all six of those guys, at least five of them, you maybe leave uh, Andrew Slack and or JT Gentry off that list. At least five of these guys, I believe, have the ability to contribute in a high level. Actually, no, there's a sixth. Earl Tuioti Mariner. I just mentioned him a minute ago. Add Tuioti Mariner there. You've got six guys that I'd be comfortable with putting into the game and seeing what they can do. I think all of them have shown flashes and or ability to play at a high level for BYU. So I'm actually quite bullish 
on the depth for BYU's defensive line, especially along the interior of that defensive line. Obviously, it'll have to be proven on the field. There's going to be a much uh, tougher schedule this fall for BYU's defensive line. But the good news is, is that depth, it is there. It appears that BYU has done a good job recruiting it, developing the talent behind their headliners that they lost from the 2020 season, especially along the interior of that defensive line. And if everything comes to pass where you have Anatunai Samahe, who's fully healthy, Caden Hawes takes another step in his progression. You have Lorenzo Fawatea return to full form because it didn't seem like he was quite right throughout when he played in 2020. If he's fully healthy, you got a pretty good lineup of interior defensive linemen for the Cougars and I'm excited to see that play out this fall. Obviously, we're hoping to see spring ball and all the like, but I'm I'm ready, folks. We're, what, 220 days away uh, from college football, and man, I'm already ready for it. And we'll continue to discuss this over the offseason and get you guys ready as we roll along here. But get excited. I think the depth along BYU's defensive line, particularly along the interior of the defensive line, despite the losses they absorbed after this past season, there's a lot to like about the Cougars on their defensive line. Like I said, tomorrow we'll break in to the defensive ends part of it. It'll be part two of our conversation about BYU's defensive line in these debriefing sessions. I do a deep dive. I kind of give you the names of guys I'm looking forward to seeing for BYU, and we'll see if everything shakes out according to what I see happening, but I'm not the coaches. I'm not making the big bucks, and I'm sure there'll be changes in spring ball on into the summer and into training camp, and we'll break those down as they come. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we got a bevy of other BYU sports-related news we need to touch on on today's podcast. Some schedules being announced for women's soccer and BYU baseball. Uh, Women's soccer also having preseason honors handed out in the West Coast Conference. We'll touch on all that other news here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at BetOnline.ag, folks. Love this company. BetOnline is your online resource if you want to get into the sports betting world. No matter what it is, you want to bet on NBA games, you think you got an insight on what the association's doing. You think college basketball is more your type of thing? Check it out. NFL playoffs. No matter what it is, prop bets uh, for upcoming Super Bowl games, prop bets in everyday life. They had odds on the presidential inauguration and what was going on yesterday. They have plenty of stuff for you guys. So if you want to get off the couch and get in on the action, do it now with betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account now at betonline.ag. And while you're there, when you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On and get yourself a 50% welcome bonus courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. It's a great way to have some extra money put into your account to have some fun with. So if you deposit 100 bucks, hey, just like that, 150 bucks to play with and it's all courtesy of Bet Online. Take advantage of that now. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON with your first deposit and get that 50% welcome bonus now. It's all courtesy once again of our good friends at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's break down the other BYU sports news you guys need to know about on today's show. Let's start off with this. The women's volleyball program for BYU had three Cougars named to the preseason All-WCC team, and the Cougars actually picked were the number two team in the conference. Kind of surprising in that regard. BYU earned 72 points and one first-place vote while being finished uh, finished second behind last season's WCC champions in USD, the San Diego Toreros. Uh, the Toreros had 78 points, while Pepperdine rounded out the top three with 69 points. BYU sophomore setter Whitney Bauer, senior outside hitter Taylin Ballard-Nixon, and senior middle blocker Kennedy Eschenberg were each voted preseason All-WCC. Bauer and Eschenberg also earned All-WCC first-team honors last season. 
I'm looking forward to this upcoming season for women's volleyball. Obviously, they usually play in the fall. Uh, they're one of the bigger draws on campus for BYU, but playing this spring it should give an opportunity for the Cougars uh, to really show what they can do. And they'll be starting that off next week, Tuesday, January 26th. They'll be playing at 1 o'clock Mountain Time at Portland. Uh, they'll be playing all conference games, if I'm not mistaken, in women's volleyball this year ahead of the abbreviated season and NCAA tournament obviously after that but congratulations to Kennedy Eschenberg, Whitney Bauer and Taylin Ballard-Nixon on receiving those all WCC honors and hopefully BYU can go out and prove hey you know what you picked this number two we're going to finish number one. San Diego will be a tough program to overcome but BYU's proven in the past under Heather Olmstead's uh tenure, they are more than capable of making deep runs, especially in the NCAA tournament. Other news to get to today is the BYU Women's Soccer Spring 2021 schedule was announced. That'll actually open up on February 6th. They'll be playing Utah and this will be a neutral site game at the indoor facility at the Real Salt Lake Academy. Kind of cool to see them playing there in Harriman. I think it's a fun way for BYU and Utah to kick off the season against one another. They'll take on Weber State in an exhibition match the week before that on January 30th, also at the indoor facility up there at Real Salt Lake. BYU will open the season on the road for three straight matches at UCLA, at USC, and at San Diego before their first home match, once again at the RSL Indoor, Acad- RSL indoor Facility at the RSL Academy against San Francisco. Across the entire uh, schedule, there are six non-conference matchups as well as BYU playing uh, their conference games against WCC foes. The funny thing is, is late in the season when you'd expect BYU to be playing most of their home matches, they have a number of away matches. They have three away in April. First off, they go April 3rd at St. Mary's, April 10th at Pepperdine, April 12th at Pepperdine. And it's kind of funny to see them away as much as they are in April. But nonetheless, uh, Jennifer Rockwood and her squad will be ready to go, and I'm looking forward to seeing BYU in action, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching the women's soccer program, kind of like the women's volleyball program, programs that traditionally play in the fall. We'll see if playing in the spring affects them to any larger degree, but Nonetheless, it's another opportunity for you to support the women's soccer program. And then additionally, BYU Men's Baseball announced their 2021 schedule. That will open up on February 19th. They'll be at Texas State the following week at Texas. I think the home slate of games actually is highlighted by a visit from Arizona State on April 26th. That'll kind of correspond be with Arizona State playing at Utah in Pac-12 play. But a lot of games against uh, UVU and Utah at home. They'll also be playing Dixie State at home. Some fun series upcoming for the Batcats. If you've not been out to watch them at Miller Field, I would encourage you to do so. Well, actually, I'm probably saying that. That's probably the wrong thing to say considering, you know, COVID's kind of restricted everything. I know that women's soccer has said that only family's going to be allowed for the time being. It's probably going to be similar for BYU baseball. So, uh, Rewind and scratch out what I just said. Don't plan on going to Miller Field, but maybe in future seasons, get yourself to go to Miller Field and enjoy a BYU baseball game. They are absolutely phenomenal. I love getting my opportunities to go watch the Batcats. And the fun part is this season extends a long way. So it opens up on February 19th with a series at Texas State. And they get done May 22nd 
against Pepperdine at home. So there'll be a lot of opportunities to watch the Cougars. I think the good news is if you're a BYU baseball fan and you're not able to go watch the games in person, like most of us won't be able to, they will be on BYU TV and also streaming online. So that's the positive news in all of this is you'll still be able to see the Cougars in action. All right, one final note before we go on today's show is that women's uh, basketball is in action at the Child Center up in Portland, Oregon today against the Portland Pilots. That is at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, so you can watch that if you want to stream on the WCC Network ahead of BYU Men's Basketball taking on Portland at home at the Marriott Center. And additionally, the men's and women's track and field programs, they open up uh, action at the Air Force Invite of the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado at the Cadet Fieldhouse. Best of luck to all of the athletes on the men's and women's track and field squads as they compete out there at Air Force. All right, that'll do it. That's everything. You guys are up to date on everything you need to know about the Cougars on this Thursday edition of the show. Make sure to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Locked On Cougars. That way you stay up to date with everything going on in BYU sports, as well as everything going on with the podcast as well. If you'd like to follow my personal work, I tweet about more than BYU, but you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. Weigh in any time. My DMs are open. Happy to have you guys drop in. Leave us a note, or you can email the show that we talked about earlier today on the podcast. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. And that'll do it. A big thank you once again for your support of the show. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 21st, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.